This is CivilFritz.net, and in today's late game discussion, Andy and I are brothers. But today, we're discussing a game that uh, we started playing a little while ago, or quite a while ago. We played like an hour of it, maybe a little bit less than that, I think. And then uh, you started over and uh, and picked up and, and played pretty much straight through uh, two weeks ago now, or uh, on a like Sunday. That. Yeah. And that's uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. And I've done a little bit of research, but uh, maybe first you can tell me what you know about this game and, and what interested you about it. Um, basically, uh, what I knew about it was from when we played before, which the first time we played it, we tried to play with both of us on one controller. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't know where I got it in my head that that was how you were supposed to play it. I knew there was something unique about the play style. And I think someone had referred to it probably as a single player co-op game. And I've heard that thrown around a few times. But I think in my head that got permuted to single controller co-op game. And so I just I decided that part of the interesting thing about playing this game was supposed to be that you must be right up physically next to the person that you're playing it with and share a controller, which I've, I've read some interviews with the uh, the designer of the game since then, and we'll I'll talk more about that later. And he, I think, would be horrified by that because uh, he very explicitly wants this to be a single-player game. So for the record, and I can talk about this more later too, I still think that that was an awesome way to play it. Yeah, I would do I, it I that some, way again. I have some questions about that, and of course it, it plays into the end, but uh, you know, like, what were your first impressions of the game? Like, uh, and, and why did you want to go back to it later? Well, um, even though it was a mistaken way to play it, I really liked the idea of playing together on one controller. It was very close, so I was thinking of it as this interesting teamwork project, which it is still, it has a lot of interesting, it has interesting controls um, if you do it by yourself, and that, that can take some getting used to. But at first, I just, I really liked the way it looked, I like the way it felt. Um, I've always been into games that feel beautiful and magical, and there's some sadness near the beginning, but I, I just, I felt like the setting was really great and set up for um, a really great sort of gritty fairy tale. Um, and I liked that a lot, and I liked, I, um, I really liked the teamwork aspect of it, which again, I was kind of disappointed when we when I learned that it was actually a one-player game. You play with um, your two hands as the two brothers. Yeah. So uh, again, the the, the uh, director or designer or whatever of this game, his name is uh, I think Josef Faris. I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he's uh, Wikipedia calls him Swedish hyphen Lebanese hyphen Assyrian. Uh, All right. He's, he's a seems to be a relatively successful uh, Swedish filmmaker, and this was his first game, and was kind of an idea he had that he was shopping around to different studios because he thought it was, uh, and it, it, he played a lot of games, and this was something that he thought hadn't been done before, and he was interested to try and make a game. Um, but I was, uh, I first was aware of Brothers because of its discussions on or the giant bomb discussions of it so this game came out in in 2013 and it's difficult to 
underestimate or sorry difficult to overestimate the the kind of state of indie games at the time and the the change that has happened since then so like uh like go back i i I wrote down some history so like it all starts in in, uh with steam being released in like 2003 or 2002 not not this game but like the historical context for this game this game is important or it happened in an important period of time uh so like Games have changed a lot in the last decade or so. And uh, it kind of starts when uh, Valve released Steam as a way to kind of get away from publishers and publish their own games digitally. Uh, And they released Half-Life 2 on Steam. But then uh, you saw more and more people wanting to publish games independently rather than go through a physical media publisher, kind of the traditional retail circuit. Um, This really became you know mainstream when xbox like they had this xbox live arcade service where they had small games that normal publishers would put out so like a a hallmark of this was geometry wars uh which was a downloadable title as part of their xbox live arcade platform but then later on they were like well if we're going to support downloadable games maybe we'll let the people who play games on the xbox create them and uh, share them with each other. So that was the uh, Xbox Live Community Games Project, which uh, in 2008, which became Xbox Live Indie Games uh, sometime after that, I think in 2009, when they realized, oh, this is more than just like players of games sharing games with each other. This is a whole new publishing model for games on Xbox. And so like games that fit into that category really easily like at the beginning of the xbox live indie games market or like braid came out in 2008 limbo is 2010 fez which strangely enough i kind of was when we got the xbox i was most excited for fez i think and it was super weird that we got this thing and then the first 30 hours that i spent with it was playing (coughs) uh was spent playing fez um but brothers came out that the next year in 2013 and uh it's for me anyway seems like it's still right at the beginning of when really independent games and downloadable games have taken over the they've filled in the new uh midstream the the mid-level budget of video games and and kind of rejuvenated it in a way which if you uh, you should watch this interview with with Yosef later uh it was kind of the idea i think was what he was going for was trying to do something new that you wouldn't see in a triple a title uh, that's a little bit more than just a hobby project, which is what uh, Xbox Live Indie Games seem to want to be. Um, but when the game came out, it was so different, and for some mechanical reason, well, like, one, because of the mechanical stuff of your you're controlling two characters on screen at the same time with one controller, and you have one of them is on the left stick and one of them is on the right stick. Um, and I think there's a there's a button for each of them as well that's just a general action button, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, how do you make them jump? I've forgotten. Do you remember? Oh, it's just like a run towards something and they jump. Oh, okay. I was watching some footage and I, you were the one playing this last time. Yeah, Yeah, you're probably right. Except Uh, for when you, you climb up walls, there's, you you hit your action button to spring up to the next thing. Sure. Um, uh, Giant Bomb and specifically Brad Shoemaker, uh, one of the editors or whatever there, um, uh, was a big supporter of this game and uh, was kind of infamous for saying that it like from the beginning, he said it was going to be 
uh, one of the 10 best games of the year. And so there was like this running joke uh, all that year of, is this game better than Brothers or not? And trying to find 10 games better than Brothers to knock it out of the top 10 list. And then uh, at the end of the year, there were strong discussions about whether or not this game was notable enough to be game of the year, even though it was this really pretty small uh, indie game from uh, a relatively uh, unknown creator. Um, anyway, I've, I've talked a lot now because I did some research and I got excited to talk about it. But like, what, what was your reaction to the mechanical stuff once you started playing it uh, single player? Um. I mean, it was it was really interesting for sure. It's a it's a way I hadn't had to make my mind work before in a game, and I would find that if I didn't keep the brothers on the same side of the screen as their respective thumbs, that uh, suddenly my brain would like flip out, and I'd start making them run in exactly the wrong direction, and it would take me a second to resync. Um, where I was, and that was kind of funny because sometimes I made really crazy mistakes just from my, you know, it's like when you try to rub your belly and pat your head kinds of things where you you feel uncontrollably like you're doing the wrong thing. Um, so if they crossed paths where they're running away from a bad guy, suddenly one of them would start running back toward the bad guy, right. that kind of thing. So the the creator, uh, one of the quotes I pulled out from this interview is he said, my hope is that your left hand is big brother, your right hand is little brother. And more than just like the mechanical reality of that, but that you would feel as connected to them as that. Uh, did you ever feel that close to the, the characters or was it more disconnected than that for you? So I'm going to say no. Uh, I really felt I saw them as a unit the whole time. Um, and obviously it worked better to keep one on one side of the screen and one on the other side. Um, but no, not not actually. I like I did feel very much that they were both present and the whole controller was the team, but I didn't I didn't dis. I didn't separate them either. Oh, you didn't think of them as individuals so much as a cooperative unit that you were controlling with the single yeah. controller. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, <coughs> uh, so you you kind of alluded to this earlier, but like more like I'm I'm kind of geeking out about the mechanical stuff because it is relatively uh, novel, but. Uh, you were really drawn to the setting, I think, from the beginning, and probably the art as well. Yes. Right? Can Can you talk about that at all? Like, what interested you there the most? I'm trying to think of if there's anything I can compare it to. Um, it was really immersive for me, because um, I get immersed into that kind of setting very easily. Um, so fantastic. Not too realistic, but... I mean, the, the fact that you can go around all the town people and interact with them, with the brothers, and each brother will always do their own thing. Like, there's a guy sleeping, and the big brother will try to tap him awake and fail, and the little brother will pick up a bucket of water and dump it on his head to wake him up. Um, and that you can try almost everything in the town with both brothers um, brings it to life for me, and it's... It's got a lot of like tropey characters from um, fairy tales and fantastic kinds of stories, even though they're just in the background and 
not, no individual character outside of the brothers really does a whole lot. Um, well, some of the villains do. But anyway, like, I don't know. The fact that everyone mattered and every little piece had something you could interact with made it just feel alive and like a um the classic journey like not as big as lord of the rings but the same kind of thing like Mm -hmm. you're going from town to town relatively quickly with a single goal in mind like that's a really classic story um with an obvious goal at the end to get the medicine for their dad um and i just i really liked being immersed in something that classic like the the epic journey yeah you've compared it to lord of the rings just now um but uh one of the or one of the things that we kept comparing it to in the moment was also like never ending story yeah never ending story might be closer um it's not quite as grand as, as, uh, no it's nowhere near as grand as lord of the rings um but that's just because the lord of the rings takes this journey trope to a, a very broad like very big place but it's still a classic fairy tale kind of story now one thing that we haven't talked about yet is so you and i the first time we played this when i first got it i forget how i got it um but uh i pulled it out and said hey this is a game that i think you'll like and you and i played it on a single controller for a while but then when you went back to it uh you were looking for something to play with the kids and so uh like just in terms of the setting, and we'll talk about the ending later, but just in terms of the setting, uh, I think you had a, a really good reaction to like all of the little details, like you said, that they were getting into that quite a lot. Yeah, the the our boys specifically were really involved in it, which we play games with them a lot, and they will be into it to um, lesser or greater extent, but they wanted me to try talking to all the people, and they thought... The stuff the boys did was really, really funny. Specifically that they did different things was important to them. And, I mean, they're brothers, so I think they related to it a lot. Um, There's one scene where their brothers go to, like, a bunny farm. And if you have the big brother interact with the bunnies, he, like, pets them nicely. And if you have the little brother do it, he picks them up by the ears and carries them around. And they just thought that was amazing. Um, And just all the little things were specifically fun to them um, right away. So while I was a little bit interested in the game before, immediately with our boys watching, I was like, this is great. They are picking up on everything. And this game is made like it doesn't have written words. And they're not even speaking. They're using the kind of simish language yeah so the uh what i i think this was just on wikipedia or something but uh it says that the (coughs) the fictional language in the game that all the characters speak to each other was supposed to be based on lebanese arabic which is i believe that uh, yeah it 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 has kind of that quality to it hey night But it meant that 
the game is really strong non-verbally, which is great. Yeah, there's a lot of big pantomime in it. Yeah, and so they were right there with it in ways that even speaking games don't catch them. Um, So I thought, wow, what a way to like have my boys really invest in a story without like a lot of assistance they are in it and they know what's happening and they were narrating everything and getting it right of right. what was going on we'll talk about the story so what what is the plot of brothers what or i guess brothers a tale of two sons is the full title what what happens in brothers so um in the beginning the little brother has like a flashback of watching his mother drown which that was a little hard with the kids but we got through it. It's the kind of thing that happens at the beginning of every Disney movie. So Yeah, it's true. They're into killing off parents. So we talked about it. Um, and the little brother, you learn, is afraid of swimming in the water because of watching his mother drown. Like, he tries to save her and fails. And then immediately you go to a scene, or almost immediately, where you see that their father is sick. And you have to drive him together in a wheelbarrow to the doctor who pantomimes that you need something special to cure him some medicine from far away um all in yeah this arabic simish um and so you start off on a journey with kind of the map he shows you to go find this medicine for your dad um and it seems like it's going to be really far away and you start off through relatively normal looking towns um And um, the towns get a bit more fantastic and a bit darker as you go on. Um, And it kept pushing the boundaries of what I was willing to do with my kids. Yeah, so like every... The game's about four hours long, something like that. It felt like every 30 minutes or so, something would happen and you would be like, oh, what is this going to do? Am I going to regret playing this with the kids? Can you give some examples of things that were pushing those boundaries for you? Um, So there's one scene where there's people, obviously, who have been hung in the forest, hanging down from the trees. And that was, I was very close to just stopping. But my kids obviously didn't know what they were. So they've got bags over their heads, for one. Yes. Which diminishes it a little bit. Just visually and from their perspective. Right. And they're silhouettes and my kids just, our kids just don't have the um, exposure to that kind of thing to even have any idea what was going on. They knew there were people, but they were making comments about people hanging out in the woods and watching us. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. I think you said, uh, they said something about them being ghosts or something. Was that right? I don't remember, but it was obvious they didn't know what it was and I just moved on quickly. Yeah. Um. But I was I was on higher alert after that for like uh, if they if they take this too far like I don't know what I'm gonna do because my kids are invested in the story which seemed totally kid friendly. Yeah, I guess we should clarify our, our boys are three and five. Yeah, and so they're, they're, they're little. They're exposed to some of stuff like that, but this this is pushing it for for what we'll let them see for sure. We definitely watch it. Like we play fighting games that don't really show death or blood or violence just right. you know like characters blinking out and we we i don't know i try to talk about not killing bad right. guys <laughs> um you know we we color over some of this stuff as you as you do for small children um and um 
there's another scene where a guy is trying to hang himself, but you go rescue him? And that helped. And, you know, they don't understand the concept of suicide. So I could just say, we're just helping this guy who was in trouble. And that's fine with mm-hmm. me. He didn't die. Um, they don't actually have the context for that scene to even seem as violent as it is to me. It was just a guy in trouble. Um, but if you look carefully, and I, my uh, you didn't even pick up on this because I, I was not pointing it out because they were there. That there's bodies under blankets all around this guy when he's doing it. Right. So it's obvious there's been some kind of plague or something and everybody's died. But it's really subtle and it's just feet sticking out. And even you didn't see it. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. And I ran past it as fast as I could. And the boys, they they weren't at, they didn't see it. They didn't even ask what that was. So it's just like, okay, okay. They're managing to keep it low enough that it's like the kids movie you watch where you're picking up on all the dirty jokes and your kids are not and you decide it's okay um but then you get to the scene where the giants have been at war and they're like all dead and you have to kind of go through the maze of bodies and our oldest son picked up on the fact that there was blood in the river and i was like ah hmm and he just kept saying, yucky blood. Yep. I didn't know how I felt about that because they weren't actively doing anything to each other, but they were dead. And he kind of understands that things die. But And then you, you sort of have to do things to the bodies to get through them. Like at one point you have to chop off a guy's arm like by, by causing one of the weapons to fall. Right. And... They didn't make blood spurt everywhere when this happened. His arm just kind of drifts away. So it was in that place where I was like a millisecond away from turning it off. But they kept not quite doing enough. It's really interesting because it's clearly (coughs) intentional. This kind of slow ramp up of the the Mm -hmm. violence and the disturbing imagery. uh, Which I I forget what the game is actually rated. It's probably something like teen or something. Uh, But, you know, as an adult playing it. It's supposed to just be this subtle increase in your discomfort level. But if it was just you and me, like it would be like, oh, this has gotten darker. But you're particularly sensitive to it because of having having the boys there with us. Right. And I kind of was justifying it to myself because, you know, I've read all the Grimm's fairy tales, the real right. ones. I was like, well, this is kind of that. But... They're not explaining everything that's going on. So the boys aren't even getting it full force. And they didn't seem disturbed. Right. I was really keeping an eye on them. And I don't I don't necessarily think they need to be sheltered from all death. And it wasn't like actively happening on the scene. So I was like, I was right on the edge. And they were so invested in the story. It felt like it would have been cruel to turn it off. And And every time... I'd get to a new place, it would be just like the tiniest bit more than the last one. Yeah, and so it was because of that that, and I knew some things about how the game ended, but I didn't know everything that happened on the way there. So while you were playing it, I went and got a walkthrough to check and see what set pieces were coming up um, to kind of advise you if if it really was going to get to a point where uh, it was going to be, you know, get too violent or too dark or something, uh, for, for them. And that started right before the hanging stuff. And, 
or right right before the the single guy was about to hang himself and it seemed like that was the most extreme thing and then of course all of the stuff with the giants later was more than we expected but even that i think was not as questionable as the hanging that that was more yeah more fantasy violence stuff than than really disturbing even if you read like lord of the rings or harry potter like people die and again you didn't see it and even though you had to move through the bodies they they really didn't they didn't have blood spurred or make it <clears throat> or make it terribly graphic or anything. At one point, you have to shoot a giant in, in the head to make his body fall over. With like a the, with like a big, uh, um, like fixed. Um, what am I trying to say? A crossbow. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, I made the boys cover their eyes because they had yeah. no idea. And he just fell over. Yeah. It, 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 was it really... ended up not being as bad as we were afraid it was going to be. But then th- that was the f- only time where we were like, "Okay, boys, let's not look at this." And then uh, it wasn't much. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was so on the cusp. Like, there's there is blood. There are dead bodies. It's fantastical because they're giants. Like, anyway, um, do you want me to go all the way to the end and what happens? Well, before we do that, so we've talked. You focus mostly, and this is why I asked you on set pieces in the game that uh, that concerns you with the boys. Uh, but can you talk about? large set pieces and things that happen in the plot that you really enjoyed things that you liked you've talked about the little things but are there were there any big moments that you thought the boys were really into or that you liked uh even without that yeah um earlier in the game there's a scene where you have to run away from a dog by taking turns with the brothers distracting the dog and the other one running farther and they they really thought that was such a cool puzzle and were telling me how they wanted the boys to run um, and loved this, like, teamwork idea of the puzzle. And and I thought that was so great because they were – they got it of what you're supposed to do. Right. Um, I liked all the mechanical puzzles in the beginning. There's one where you have to pick up a sheep and put it in a wheel to walk in it for you to lower a bridge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. if one of you does it, then you're stuck. They thought that was so funny, like picking up the sheep and putting him in this like hamster wheel type thing. Um, so there were a lot of really giggly moments with really clever, clever puzzles that they totally understood. And we talked about um, how to possibly solve them. And sometimes they'd guess right. But if they didn't, when they saw how you actually did it, they they understood and they thought it was really great. So that was cool. Um, there's... There's a moment in the later game, which is still harder, but where there's a... An you mean more difficult or like harder to, like, or thematically harder? Thematically harder, like kind of a hard scene, at least for little boys, maybe not for me, but there's an injured bird lion creature in a cage and they were concerned about him because he's bleeding and he he looks sad and you have to use the brothers to get the cage off of him and then he he flies you to safety even though he's all beat up and when you get to the other side he falls over and um appears to die like slumps over they can't move him anymore and um leo and miles were talking about how how sad that was and how much they wanted the bird to get up again and 
we saved him and we talked about it and it's it was at the right level of hard right i'm like talking about pets dying or something this cute little bird lion creature and that was fine and they were really emotionally invested in it um and i didn't mind that at all i felt like that was growing and you know it even though the bird is obviously hurt it's just it's got red on its wings it's nothing crazy um oh and when you rescue the giant um you rescue a giant's wife yeah he helps you out before and then you kind of understand that he's missing someone i forget how they signal that but he's sad yeah you know he's sad but he's like picking you up and helping you do platforming and stuff like that picking moving you from platform to platform and, and then you i think you move things around so that he can climb up and things like that um but in any case, yeah. you, you meet the giant before and then you find his wife later uh, yeah. in, in a prison or something. Yeah, and there's this really clever puzzle where you you let her out of the cage and then you lure a mean giant into the cage by standing in it and then slipping out through the bars and closing the door behind him, which they thought was really another, it was another just good puzzle for them to see. And... um. I also liked the fact that there's this non-human race where some of them are good and some of them are bad. And we talked about that Um, and trying to get away from the bad guys, mostly um, to save this um, sweet woman giant and reunite her with her husband. So there's just some really good set pieces like fairy tale, save the day, be the good guy set pieces. Um, I love doing with him. Um, and the puzzles might have been a little hard for them to understand themselves, but th- it was clicking. I felt like it was teaching them how to do um, that kind of lateral thinking in a, in a very appropriate, fascinating, engrossing way. All right. So we've tiptoed around it a little bit. But the thing that makes this conversation the most interesting, I think, beyond look, there is a game and we can say the same things about this game that anyone else would say is that you had a specific reaction to the end. And so first, let's talk about the end from a plot perspective and then talk about it from a mechanical perspective. Okay, so in the plot, suddenly things get weird. Um, Well, you rescue this damsel in distress from what looks like a cult like standing around her ready to do who knows what they don't do it but you scare them by um stacking the brothers on each other's shoulders and letting her go and you all run away together and then there's kind of this light romance going on between her and the older brother um and then she turns into an evil spider woman and she tries to eat them and they have to fight her all in the span of like 10 minutes yeah like sudden betrayal and she's an evil spider woman and my kids didn't act scared of her so i was like okay we're just gonna fight her and then you have to tear her legs off which is like eh, i guess you're tearing spider bits off yeah and it was thematically violent but it wasn't grotesque in any way really it wasn't it, yeah it was just weird they were still keeping the gore low but then at the last second after you beat her, she like spears the older brother in the stomach and he's obviously seriously injured and you limp together to the last 
part of the game where there's this tree that has the magical serum. Yeah, that water of life here. stuff. And the big brother is too injured to climb the tree. But it's like, it's yeah, it's this magical water of life. So you automatically assume, I assumed, that the little brother was going to go get it and bring some to his big brother and then go save his dad. Because I knew nothing about this game <laughs> like you did. Um, and instead, when the little brother comes back down, the big brother is just dead and nothing will revive him. And you have to bury him all by yourself and... The big reveal of the game is that half of your controller stops working because the big brother is gone. And I know why that's supposed to be all cool and artsy and, wow, that makes you think. Um, but that was not my reaction to also, it. Also, there's more to it, though, uh, because you say oh. that half of your controller stops working, but that's not the end of the end. Sure. And then the little brother... Um, the the owl creature, lion creature, somehow comes back, who you was were really sure was dead. Um, and he climbs onto its back and flies home after he's buried his big brother. And um, there's all these things that, um, like climbing high cliffs that he couldn't do by himself before, that he he finds the strength to do and to do those things like your your controller starts to shake and you click the old big brother action button and the big brother or the little brother like he'll back up and take a running leap at the cliff he couldn't climb before and suddenly he does it or the um handle like lever that was too heavy for him he'll he'll throw his whole body on it and pull it down and when um, you press the button that right. the, was the one that you would use to control the big brother before. Right. And there's this kind of ghostly presence of the big brother at some point spurring him on. So it's really obvious that it's like he still has the strength of his brother. Um, and the big thing is swimming because it's been a theme through the whole game that you can't the little brother can't swim. He has to hang on to his big brother to get across water. And um you have this scene where he sees his mother and the ghost of his brother and you push the button when everything shakes and he he swims. He moves his arms to do what he saw his big brother doing and he manages to get across the water on his own. And he delivers the medicine back to his dad and his dad is revived. And then you have the scene at the end where they're standing at both the mother and the big brother's gravestones. And the father is sobbing hopelessly and ignoring his little brother. And then everything goes to the end. Right. So what's your reaction to that to start? <sighs> Total fury. Yeah. So you were upset at me. And again, I, I knew that this happened because I knew the mechanical novelty of the game. I don't even remember how I first found out. Maybe they talked about it during Game of the Year or whatever. But uh, like I said, I was reading a walkthrough and the walkthrough listed uh, that part as chapter four of seven. And so in my mind, I thought, oh, okay, so this doesn't happen at the end. This happens in the middle. And then you have another back half of the game where you play it as the little boy. And the whole stuff of realizing you have the strength of the older brother is, is that scale of a scenario. It's not just what it ends up being something like 20 minutes at the end. And 
so I, I was kind of leading you down that path. And then this, this walkthrough, I think it was the IGN walkthrough, chapters six and seven are just blank. <laughs> so we're totally misdirected as to the place of this event in the timeline of the game. And and personally, I, I was kind of frustrated by that. I mean, whatever, it's not the game's fault that this walkthrough misled me. But I actually think that would have been better if you had had more time to kind of come to terms with uh, the event of the brother dying and, and getting back to the father rather than what ends up being you just get flown back there. Maybe. I, I still think there were just there were a ton of things they could have done to fix my frustrations. I have some I would have preferred, but like so many little things they could have done to make me less just completely furious. So with like this what game. what are these things? What what made why was why were you furious? Well, I was thinking that this is one of the best games I'd ever played with my sons. Um, even with some of the boundary pushing stuff, I it felt growing and maturing, but they're brothers. And then suddenly the game just like drops you on your head into total devastation and the big brother is dead and there's nothing you can do about it. And suddenly it turned from a game, like a rare game that I could actually enjoy with my children to wow, this was never intended for them. And any impression I had that it could be was totally mistaken. It's still caught up in the video game world, which is just for a certain tiny niche of people. And playing together as families is lunacy. And I have just done this thing to my sons, like hurt them yeah, with this I game. Mean, Leo, didn't, the older brother, did not react too badly. But it's the younger of our sons just was for a good... 12 hours just devastated by this. I forget precisely what he was saying over and over, but it's something like, where is the other guy or something like that? And what happened to the other guy? The big brother. Yeah. Like, they know this word. Like, they're brothers. Right. Well, and it doesn't help that the whole time we were, like, encouraging them to imprint themselves on them because we were trying to see, say, like, look how they're helping each other. Like, you guys should help each other. That kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I felt like the game just made a total fool of me, and it didn't it didn't start out that way. It just led me further and further into this thing, and I think if I'd played it all by myself, I would have had a totally different reaction. But I'm so I'm so dedicated to this is this is an art form that I can really draw my kids into and do with them. I'm one of the rare moms who plays with her children, like. There are video gaming girls, and then there are moms, and they don't cross paths that often, you know, of moms who genuinely can sit down and play, especially with their sons. So I was really excited about this. Um, I thought it was a really unique thing. I felt like it failed in a really big way to be something different. And, like, I'm in nerd culture all the time, and I, you know – this this artsy place that a lot of people in this culture come from. And I appreciate that. I'm in it too, but I just it made me have this intense feeling of there's we're so wrapped up in ourselves that we can't get out of it ever. And the whole game just suddenly seemed really pretentious to me of, oh, it thinks it's deep because it killed somebody. And when it could have been a really moving experience to have with my boys, instead I feel like I failed as a parent. And letting them play this with me and that I hurt them. Um, and I was deeply angry. Um, just that 
they, they took this thing and, and made it what honestly really predictable to me of, you know, sadness is deep. And I feel like that's not the first video game to do that. It's not the first anything to do that. But being a video game that was accessible as a, to a family, as a fairy tale you could do together, that would have been new. And this wasn't. Well, the, let's not overstate. Like, there are novel things about this. The mechanical stuff is novel. The way that they use it, they use the mechanics of the way you play the game to give you an emotional reaction at the end of the story is novel. It just wasn't the new thing that you thought it was. You thought you were seeing it as more thematically new as something that is kind of the equivalent of the, the, the novelty that Pixar brought of this really great movie, or in this case game, that is good for you as an adult player of games, but also accessible to your kids. Right. And I, I think I just my expectations were so geared that way. It made me feel like I really did let it go too far before the end. I put up with the giant blood and all this stuff because I thought we were going towards like this ending that would kind of make it all seem worthwhile. And they had a big journey and it was scary and they did it and they saved their dad. And so to me, some of the like the scenes of at least the aftermath of violence would have been worth it and somewhat realistic to like a a big journey you go on to achieve a goal. Um, And instead they all felt just abusive to me at that point. Um, And I know it wouldn't feel that way if you weren't playing with small children. I do. Um, the biggest thing to me, and I said this to Jonathan, is like what is obviously supposed to be so catching about this game is the part at the end when the, the big brother dies and, you know, your controls change because he's not there anymore. Um, and you have the controller vibrating to tell you to use the big brother's powers. But my sons, who I was like just so invested in showing this game to, they didn't know that because it's a single-player game. They couldn't feel the vibrations. They didn't know half the controller didn't work. None of that caught them. It was all lost on them. And the fact that I couldn't share what was even redemptive about what they decided to do with the story with my sons just made me feel like it was the most cliched, crappy thing I'd ever experienced. Well, and and you talked about, you you said just a little bit ago about whether the ending made the game feel worth it. And even specifically, you, you pointed out like your frustration with the idea of the the journey for salvation to, you know, go get the water of life or whatever for the father, where the older son dies along the way. So what has been gained? Nothing. And- Nothing has been gained. You traded the, the life of a younger man for the life of an older one who would probably never have made that choice if yeah. he was given it. It does end up feeling very strange. It's almost as though it would have been better uh, if one of the brothers was the one at risk and it was a father and a son instead. Sure. So, yeah, that's something they could have done. I also really think they could have just incapacitated one of the brothers and had the other one have to drag him home and they could have done all of the same stuff and then have him saved at the end for some reason i don't know like they wouldn't have had to lose the controlling idea to do what they wanted or they could 
I don't know, they could have the other brother. Yeah, they could do more of the journey with one brother and then have the older brother show up at the end, like on the owl creature and have him have flown home. Or even like what I think is really the most realistic thing they could have done, which is not changing the the whole point and the the, um, creator's vision was they could have made the father like connect with his younger son at all at the end he could have they could have had a stronger relationship they could have had a tiny bit of gameplay where they work together he would have just looked at him and instead of sobbing at the grave and ignoring him entirely like yeah, the game actually ends with the father just broken down in front of the two gravestones and the younger brother is standing there kind of stoically and then fade to black right the, like, yeah there's no hope there's no redemption no relationship like Okay, he has the big brother strength inside of him, but also his father is a broken man who can't even look at him, and you have no idea what what is gained or better or why life would be worth living after this. Like, there's nothing. They give you nothing. And especially watching this with my children, like, I could not hang their worries and frustrations on anything. Like, it was so... So unfriendly to them. I felt like such an idiot for playing with them. I just, ah, uh, it made me ill, like really ill that I had I had done this. What do you think your reaction would have been if you or if you and I had played it just the two of us, or if you'd played it alone and and weren't as concerned about uh, about our son's reactions? it's hard to say i think i'm sure it would be less extreme but you know i really come to video games as a literature person um who happens to think that they're a valid medium for telling stories all my favorite games are stories i'm not as into games with twitch reflexes i mean i think they're fun and i can do them but um this is the kind of thing that makes me feel like video games are just way further behind than I want them to be. They're too far behind because I still feel like um, instead of telling a really nuanced story, they just do something too easy to try to make it deep. Like suddenly kill off a character in a way that makes no sense with no connective tissue and no um, denouement, which is the, the, the resolution of activity at the end it doesn't have to be happy but i didn't feel like it did a good job but i felt really misdirected by it and um good literature doesn't tend to misdirect you it actually lays um the foundation for what it's going to be it might be so subtle you miss it but you can look back and see it and while that starts to happen the first part of the game does not show any indication of its overall incredibly dark theming. Well, and even beyond that, like I feel like there is plenty of argument for saying that the game signals the mechanical stuff that will happen later, that that these are problems that the younger brother has to overcome and him getting help with them from his older brother, uh, like the resolution that is the younger brother having to do it by himself is totally to be expected. But what's not to be expected is that in a game that begins with death, 
that it will and is about you know trying to prevent a death that and it overcoming will just end in death. death yeah yeah with death and more death and no redemptive quality to death no um nothing nothing is gained at all and you know when you're seeing a fairy tale like a story where yeah this this it starts out tragically which a lot of fairy tales do you know, expect there to be some kind of point. And it felt like this game had no point. Like, it's nihilistic. And and who makes a nihilistic fairy tale? Video game people do, right? Like, I had this moment of, of course, why didn't I expect anything else? This is like, this is such a an emotional set piece of this culture. And it made me frustrated because while I love, love, love people in the community, I just, I do feel like they get stuck in this kind of nihilistic, hopeless, we're so creative place. And I know I'm being really insulting right now, but this game made me so mad. It's, it made me mad at like everyone, the universe, um, which I guess is maybe just what happens when you make a, a mom feel like she made a bad choice and hurt her children. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I'm being offensive right now, but that that is the depth of my anger at this game and how it played out for me. Um, so it's possible if I played it by myself. It just, it, I think there probably would have been a subtle negative reaction, but I would have focused more on the cool mechanics at the end. Um, I don't know. I probably would have talked about what I didn't like for about five minutes and let it go instead of what I'm doing now. <laughs> Nate, you've said a couple of times that you think that what we started doing where each of us had a hand on the controller and we were playing it as a, an actual co-op game just on a single controller, uh, that you think that that was still a cool and totally valid way to play this game. How do you think the mechanical stuff would have come across at the end if we had done that? Honestly, the end part where one one side of controller doesn't work, except oh well, it it you get a few button presses. It's not that long. I think it would have just been kind of interesting to suddenly have one of person in your party, um, and if you didn't know what was going to happen, you know you wouldn't know which one of you it was going to happen to. I really think that that actually could be a relational experience if suddenly one of you can't play when it's been a a combined effort the whole time and it lasts for like i don't know 15 minutes um i i don't think that would have taken away from it i think that would have been really interesting and i i think it would have almost been more bonding like the two people the whole time having to discuss everything in some ways it's easier because you don't get the confusion between your thumbs mm-hmm. and the sides of your brain but in other ways you have to talk to each other when we were playing it that way and that is a different piece of difficulty. And I think some of the jumping around would have been harder with that. Much harder even. Um, I'd have to try it. But in some ways, I mean, it would have just been us. It wouldn't have felt as lonely. Yeah, I think it would have been a totally valid and interesting way to play the game. So the uh, the creator of this game, uh, against Yosef uh, Faris, I think is how you say his name, um has since making this game which i think it was relatively successful um has gone off and created his own game studio and i wrote down uh it's called hazelight and i think just this year they announced their first game his second game 
It's called A Way Out, and it is, uh, in contrast to this game, an actual split-screen co-op game uh, that is a prison break game where you and a fellow prisoner have to escape from prison. And it seems much more uh, kind of uh, traditionally, filmically plot-driven. It, it feels very much like if you made a movie like this. Uh, and he said in interview that he's a fan of Naughty Dog's games. It reminds me of that a lot from the trailers I've seen. Um, do you have any thoughts about uh, him doing uh, an actual co-op game that's meant to be played with another person as opposed to the mechanical stuff he was doing here? Do you think that's something that would interest you? Sure. But I'm not going to try to play it with our kids. Well, yes, this this looks very much like a movie or a movie, a game we should not play with them. Um, but it looks like a game you shouldn't play with them, which means I have no complaints right. because no part of me has been deceived into believing that it should ever be played with our kids. Sure. Uh, so before we go, anything more that you want to say about Brothers or any of this? I would like there to be more games that are appropriate to play as families, not just for kids or for adults. Like, I hate The Division. I really liked how challenging this game could have been. And obviously, I like it. If I, if I, if I really just totally hated the game, I would not be so passionately angry at That's it. That's good to hear, that you still think it's good or that you enjoyed. I guess those are not the words you said. You said you like it. Of course. Like, it's it's valuable. I just feel very betrayed by it. Um, and like I should have known better I don't know I just I haven't had a game do this to me before but it could not have done it if if I just hated it yeah it, it's difficult because we want to play games with the boys and like the the easy response like the knee-jerk response is well just like with a movie you shouldn't play a game with them that you haven't played and with this game, whatever, we could have played a four-hour game and then maybe we'd play a four-hour game with them again. But in general, games don't really work that way. It, it, certainly not the way we play games. We very rarely go back and play one again. And so the idea of trying to play a game first before we play it with them is is kind of... You know, it's, not, it's not reasonable. It's not going to happen. I guess we could have read more. Yeah. I, I think we thought we knew enough. Um, and you you knew about the death at the end, but that doesn't automatically hit you as inappropriate for yeah, well, children. As again, it I didn't know that it was going to come off feeling so hopeless at the end. There are still ways that the plot could have handled a death like that and not made it feel so helpless. But it really does end that way. It just ends with the father like broken and crying on the ground and the sun standing there emotionless. Like it, it, it doesn't give any of that kind of emotional resolution. It's, it's just sad. I mean, I think if you just changed those 30 seconds, you could have led me to believe that I'm just a wet blanket about the, the yeah, even if the vision. father had just been standing next to the sun and put his arm around him, anything, anything, or have the brother smiling at them in like a Jedi friendly ghost sort of way, like, anything that i could point to, to 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 have some kind of emotional resolution anything all right well are we going to do this more often than once every nine months we should yeah what's our next one going to be about indy um amnesia the dark descent which 
I have never let my kids see and never will, just for the record. I feel like if anyone does listen to this, they'll be highly tempted to call me a, a bad mother for this experiment. And believe me, I've learned deeply a lesson about being very careful of what I assume about video games, even if they look sparkly and friendly. But luckily, Amnesia does not. No, it, it really, really doesn't. And I had, I, I really, really liked this game. And I've been trying to uh, trying to get my thoughts about it down on paper and have so far failed to adequately convey what I actually felt about playing this game. But hopefully next time you can get that out of me, I think. Yeah, that'll be the goal. I think you have some thoughts on... The darkness of humanity. And I'm totally okay with that because it is always about that. The whole thing is about that. There are no surprises when it's hopeless. You expect it to be. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, as usual, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, I am Ander Bubble on Twitter. Andy, do you want people trying to get in touch with you? And if so, how, how should they try to get in touch with you? I'm going to leave that information on a different podcast. Like a different episode or an entirely different podcast? Oh, different episode. I see. So we'll come back to that. So if someone really feels like mom hating, they have some space before they find me. I see. <laughs> we still have late to the party at civilfritz.net as an email address. Either reach out to me on Twitter or send us an email. And we would love to incorporate your reactions and thoughts and complaints about Andy's playing of games with the kids uh, into a future episode so let us know uh, until next time thanks for listening Okay, this is civilfritz.net and wait, no, I had I had test or text that I was going to read.